hello, Mary. I am Jordy Bear. <laughs> I am here to say hello. I don't sound like Jordy LaForge. I sound like Kathy because, um, you know, it's been a long time since I've heard Jordy's voice, but I hear Kathy's all the time. So it's the one I imitate the most. And that's that's just how things go. <laughs> This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fantastic person. <laughs> oh yeah, Jordy Bear is uh taking a little selfie right now. Welcome to Stargazing, a Stargate gazing podcast. I'm your host, Kathy. And I'm your other host, Mary. And each week we discuss an episode of Stargate beginning with Stargate SG-1. Hello! Hello! All the talkie is your name today. Sure is. That's how I feel lately with my first week of classes starting. Yeah, we are both experiencing a start of semester oh, yeah. in uptick in the talking. Oh, yeah. I tend to forget. <laughs> I forget that you often deal with students. I tend to think of you as more of a managerial type. Oh, no, they need talking, too, because they got to <laughs> learn how to do their job. Oh, so. that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right, right, so, right. Yeah. So it's been, you know, busy. <sighs> how about you? <laughs> yeah. Also busy. Classes all week. It's, I mean, it's been fine. I'm just tired. It's just yeah. been a lot of mental energy. Like, my students all seem really nice and dedicated. They're all hardworking and they're good kids, but I mean, they're not kids. Like, some of them are, like, my age or older. Yeah. But, you know, they all seem like really good students. So I'm definitely not complaining. I'm just tired. <laughs> Fantastic. But also, yeah, you should hopefully get some rest this weekend. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. It's been a busy week. Yeah. But it's okay. I've got beer. You do. I'm drinking wine. Mm. <gasps> Rosé, like uh, some Ooh, sort of... Oh, I haven't of... had this beer before, I don't Ooh, think. What do you got? Pumpkin the Bear. Hanging Hills. Is that smoked... the Hanging Hills? It is. The Hanging Hills smoked Doppelbach lager with pumpkin, and it's the... amazing. Well, Jeff talks about it, but I have not seen it yet. So. It is in my hand, which you still can't see, because we don't use videos when we record. <laughs> I s- cannot see... You could send me a picture if you wanted, Ooh, I could. but I really don't know what that would do for us. It proves it exists and that <laughs> <True>. I True. <have> it. <laughs> it's very important. Should I like hold up a newspaper with the date too? You probably should. Yeah. So you probably have to pause this recording, go find a store that sells newspaper. paper newspapers. And <laughs> here, I will send you a selfie to prove that it's actually here with me. <laughs> the mythical pumpkin, the bear. Yep. There we go. All right. Do, do, do. I am just waiting for the receipt. Of Maybe such I'll a even thing. put that up on the socials media. Did you send it? Oh, no. I just oh. took the picture and forgot to send it. See? Oh. <laughs> this is how well my brain is working right now. I am very tired. Me too. Okay. Oh, <gasps> yay! See? It exists. It does exist. You're drinking a rose, you said? Yeah. You've convinced me that not all rosés are terrible, because the one that you brought over that one time is the yeah. only other one I've had, and it was decent. It wasn't terrible. I'm surprised. I sent you Jordy the Bear, because that's the only bear I have around. <laughs> I also have my own Jordy the Bear right in front <laughs> of me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> my Jordy Bear also lives in my recording space. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He lives on my couch, which is still my recording space, so. <laughs> there. 
Yeah. That's a good beer. I've been in a nice. grumpy mood, so the beer is helping. Cause Hell it's yeah. A delicious beer. That's Just gonna. Too much going on. Too so many things. Much. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to reduce some of the things that I'm doing to make my life easier. Not the podcast. Don't worry. That was not one of the things I was considering. But then I get like a bunch of texts from the brewery and they're like, yeah, you need to work more hours because they want to restart our PCR program that the owner stopped months ago. He's like, yeah, let's not bother with that anymore because it's expensive. And I'm like, all right, cool. But what if we get infections and bacteria in our beer? And he's like, well, let's worry about that if there's a problem. I'm like, okay. Oh. Fast forward six months later, and there's email chain between the head brewer and the owner, and the owner's like, when did we stop PCR? Why aren't we doing PCR? <laughs> and the head brewer's like, you told me to not bother with it anymore. And the owner's like, I don't recall that at all. And so I was like kind of just like sitting back and watching and being entertained. But I did then eventually chime in and I was like, no, you totally told us both that we weren't going to do PCR anymore. So now I got to restart that. And that's just more hours that I have to be at the brewery when I was trying to hope yeah. to, you know, work there less. <laughs> I feel like these sort of stories make me less confident in purchasing that product. <laughs> I mean, it mostly tastes fine, except for <laughs> except for last two weeks ago when I went in the tap room and told the bartenders, like, yeah, you need to take this keg off because it's gross. <laughs> There's something wrong with it. I mean, like, it wouldn't hurt anybody, but it just makes the beer taste bad. You have so much power. I do have power. It's amazing. It is amazing. I like it. <laughs> Which makes that hard to give up, but probably yeah. not going to stay at that job past the end of the semester. Yeah. Because... <laughs> just because <laughs> the owner is a lot and i work with him pretty closely yeah you know who else has power <laughs> the I'm almost choking on my beer as i realize <laughs> you're trying to do your segue <laughs> has power <laughs> the air force chief of staff holy shit yes he does yes <laughs> and how does that segue us in <laughs> i was about to say why do you say that kathy well Someone made a cameo in the episode we're going to talk about today. Was he the Air Force Chief he of was Staff? I thought he was actually, actually the Joint Chief of no, Staff. No, I looked it up. He's, he was the Chief too. of Staff okay. of the Air Force and All was right. not the only Chief of Staff of the Air Force to show up on SG-1. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I, misunder- I misread then. But I'll I, go with I, what you say because I, I trust your, your word more than my own. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! That's my power! <laughs> Except for when it comes to grading stuff, in which case, when you tell me to either sign grades randomly or fail everybody, that's the one thing I will ignore you on. Damn it. I feel like that's my best suggestions. Fair. I don't think my students would agree, though. And also, I'd probably get fired. Yeah, fair. And I just got this job. I guess. Do you want me to send you that cheaty clip again? Is that going to be on the test? Yes. And no. And you all get A's. Or else, and there is no test, and you all failed it, and you all got A's. <laughs> I do love Chi. <laughs> and in the grand scheme of things, really, nothing does matter. <laughs> there is no point to anything. But Full of cheer. So- Yay. <laughs> so that said, what is this episode that the joint, the not joint chiefs, the chief of staff has made an appearance in? 
This was Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 19, Prodigy. Ah. Which makes me think of Star Trek nowadays. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. But I like Murph. I want a Murph. <laughs> Whatever he is. Jack walks into General Hammond's office, mouthing off about how dumb he thinks <laughs> the assignment he's been given is. Seems a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? Did you notice how light and playful the music was? <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, maybe this won't be as bad as the last yeah. episode that I only just finished editing. And I was like, wow, I forgot what a downer this was. <laughs> yeah. But not this one, or nope. at least not this point. It was fine. <laughs> fine is a word that you could use to describe it. Yes. <laughs> Jack is not pleased with the assignment, so he's there probably to berate Hammond into giving in, but (laughs) he can't this time because General Ryan, the literal, real Air Force Chief of Staff, is in General Hammond's office. O'Neill switches to fanboying him instead. He was surprisingly tongue-tied. I thought it was pretty funny. They have a little conversation. It's it's a cute little lighthearted scene. It was. Where Jack fanboys and the general is like, yeah, that ridiculous mission, that's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. But it is also the sort of premise of this episode that they're going to make a M- M4C-862 a permanent research station, which is where Jack is meant to be headed. But Jack is too distracted by the fact that General Ryan is there. Jack accepts the assignment. He does not browbeat Hammond into not giving him the assignment. Jack wants to know how Daniel and Carter got out of this dot 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 very (laughs) important mission. But Jackson is off world with SG-11 and Sam is giving a lecture at the Air Force Academy. In theoretical astrophysics. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our setup for this episode. We don't see Daniel at all. This is a completely Daniel-free episode. Woo! Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Jack leaves and General Ryan asks General Hammond, got your hands full with that one, eh, George? (laughs) So I'm curious, what prompted you to look this guy up? I looked him up because I don't know anything about the Air Force. Mm -hmm. So when the credits started rolling across at the beginning of the episode, it was like, blah, 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 as himself or whatever. And I was like, oh, that was the real dude. Interesting. Okay. I didn't notice the credits, but the way everyone was acting, I'm like, I feel like we're somehow supposed to know this guy. Like, I don't know why it just had that feel to it to me. So then I also looked it up. Yeah, And I also appreciated the uh, trivia for the episode. About what Richard Dean Anderson asked about? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> Richard Dean Anderson asked this guy if there are, in real life, actual Air Force colonels who act the way that Jack O'Neill does. And General Ryan replied, yes and worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was delighted to learn that. I Agreed. mean, I actually should probably be scared <laughs> Yeah. To learn that? <laughs> really? But I was happy. And now in hindsight, I'm like, oh, maybe that's worrisome. I don't know. <laughs> but fun. Yes. In yes. a worrisome way. <laughs> there we go. Sure. Yeah. So I don't have a lot to say about this episode. Yeah. 
like heads up. So I was like, well, what can I look at? And so I was just kind of looking around at accounts or sort of looking into like how the Air Force's involvement in the show, which was pretty <laughs> heavy. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised by that. Because, I mean, they're portrayed in a pretty good light by SG-1, I think. But for, like, a sci-fi show that's filmed in, you know, that's a Canadian sci-fi show, I'm actually pretty surprised at that. Yeah. Early on, they had asked about doing a bunch of filming in Cheyenne Mountain to, like, get all that, like, every time we see the transition and outside and stuff like that. Is that the real Cheyenne Mountain? Yeah. Oh, really? Apparently. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. (laughs) I always assumed it was just a set. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Oh. They're not, you know, filming in it, obviously, but, like, yeah. Well, yeah, but, like, the outside, though. Yeah. The... That's cool. Yeah. They also, I guess there was, like, a, a public affairs person who was assigned to them, and they did consulting on, like, the uniforms and stuff. I mean, this is all, like, accounts I was reading on, like, mm-hmm. Reddit and stuff, but it sounds like they were pretty spot on with at least some of the uniforms, certainly nice. not the ones they go off and do things off-world in, because that's yeah. clearly a Stargate thing, but... Yeah, so it was pretty interesting. Um, it sounds like the people in the Air Force were pretty delighted with their portrayal of the Air Force in the show. And the show, in turn, got a lot of help from the Air Force about making things somewhat accurate. Which was interesting to me. Like, we talk about the scientific accuracy yeah. stuff all the time. Right. But we are not military experts at all over in this corner here. <laughs> Absolutely so- not. We sometimes <laughs> talk about historical accuracy. True, true. Bring it in your history degree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I find interesting, but no, not a ton about. So I appreciate your history knowledge drops. (laughs) Thank you. I thought that was just all very interesting. Also, I didn't know the Air Force actually made Richard Dean Anderson an honorary brigadier general. Are you serious? Yeah. (laughs) That happens years after this episode airs. But yeah, it was a close relationship, it seems like. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah. The only fun fact I knew, and I don't remember if we even mentioned it on the podcast or or not, but I read once that Cheyenne Mountain actually has a random closet somewhere that's labeled as Stargate Command, and Ah! I find that fantastic. That's so fun. That's (laughs) great. It really is. Yeah. Also, on Reddit, some of the comments and various posts I read were sort of like, oh, he's showing up because, you know, they don't want to give away the secret that the Stargate is real. Ha ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I'm not sure how much they were ha ha haing as I hope you know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> anyway, that was that was all my fun information for this scene. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> In the next scene, we're with Sam at the Air Force Academy. She's been doing some lecturing, blah 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 science stuff that I had no idea what she was no. talking about because I am not a physics person and definitely not a theoretical astrophysics person. <laughs> Sam makes some joke, though, about how she knows that a lot of the students might be overwhelmed and that they're going to find this kind of boring. She remembers when she was sitting in the boring lecture hall. And I was like, yeah, right, Sam. We all know you loved the lectures more than anything right? else. So, of course, all the students laugh to that because she's being all cute and personable, as Sam Carter tends to do. She makes a couple more jokes about how it's all just squiggles on a board and wormholes and hyperspace might seem like sci-fi, but take her word for it. The future is a lot closer than you might think. And they all applaud. And I was like, I never get applauded for my lectures. And I've complained about this before. And I now want to get applause at the end of all my lectures. Okay. But have you ever guest lectured? I have. Oh, and they didn't applaud you then? 
No, I only guest lectured once, and fuck those ungrateful <laughs> douchebags. <laughs> I hope they all failed their class. I don't know because it was an ecology class, and I guest lectured to give a talk about what I was working on for my thesis, and so my thesis focused on ecology. Gotcha. I don't think that applauding for a guest lecture is really a thing, unless it's like maybe like a super famous, like high up one, like just a random grad student coming in and acting as the guest lecturer when your professor is out sick is probably just looking at me as a sub instead of like a true guest lecture, I suppose. It's not like rock star Sam Carter here. Yeah, I am no rock star Sam Carter for sure. My students don't even know about our amazing podcast, so I am a star to no one in my day-to-day life. (laughs) I am, of course, a star to everyone (laughs) in my not-day-to-day life on the internet. Hell yeah. You're always my star, so... Aww. Yeah. I feel so special. Yay. Thank you. You're great. Oh, thank you. Back to this episode. So speaking of great people, there's a really obnoxious student who isn't herself necessarily great, except that she's really smart and notices a mistake that Sam made on the board. So Sam thinks that this kid is great because of her ability to figure out that mistake that Sam could see it when the kid pointed it out, but totally missed it in the course of the lecture. The kid leaves after telling Sam that she's wrong and Sam and the professor, I don't know what his name, I guess he's not really a professor, instructor, Monroe, whatever the title would be for someone who teaches at the Air Force Academy. I don't know. I call everybody professor now, but that's fair. That's because I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> or instructor. I suppose I interchange. Well, I don't ever address anyone as instructor. Yeah, so that's weird. <laughs> so I call anyone I'm addressing as professor, although then they're almost inevitably like, ha ha ha, call me by my first name, please. Yeah, anyway. that's fair. <laughs> I let my students call me by my first name if they want to. Many of them call me professor, even though I'm not yet technically a professor. I've got like a few more years to go until I'll officially be promoted to one But because I'm an yeah. instructor now. But ah. I don't bother to correct them because it's just easier to not. Yeah. <laughs> At what age do you think people stop accidentally calling their instructors mom? Has anyone ever called you mom? <laughs> trying to get your know. attention? <laughs> Thankfully, no, that has not ever happened. (laughs) I guess you probably outgrow that in like elementary school. (laughs) I never did that as a kid, but I do remember coming really close to it a few times and being horribly embarrassed, even though I didn't say it. I was still that kind of kid who was embarrassed by the thing I didn't actually say and that I only thought of saying. (laughs) So like my face would turn bright red and my teacher would be like, what the hell's wrong with you, kid? And I'd be like, I'm going to go sit over here now. I don't know, maybe high school? Yeah. So I guess no they haven't called you mom yet. <laughs> when you when you start to become jaded enough that you no longer have the affection for your teachers that most elementary Fair. school or many elementary school students have, I guess. Fair. Yeah. Unless you have truly heinous elementary school teachers. Right. My fourth grade teacher. Oh, I think that was my brother's third grade teacher and she was a nightmare. Right? Anyway, never been called mom, <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> even though I hate to think about it, but like I am actually old enough to be the mother of a lot of these students, uh, and that is just makes me so sad. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I just try not to think about it. Everything's fine. Yeah. The 
Professor, the instructor, whatever he is, apologizes to Sam about the chip on the shoulder of the kid that dared to call her out. And I was like, seriously? Like, my students will point out if I'm wrong. I make mistakes. I have typos. And I appreciate when my students point something out to me that's a mistake so that I can fix it. And Mm. also the whole ADHD thing and mild dyslexia thing. I make mistakes. Yeah. It's okay for students to point out a mistake that their instructor makes. I was kind of annoyed by that scene where the guy is like, oh, no, she's just kind of an ass. This might be definitely a military type mentality thing. That is probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, I feel like most of the teachers I had would have been been like, yeah, please tell me if I'm. I messed something yeah. up. Yeah, this like... is true. I am thinking of it from a college perspective, whereas you're absolutely right. This is a military perspective. Yeah. yeah. So long story short, Sam is impressed that the kid caught the mistake that Sam herself did not catch. Yeah. And then credits. Then credits. Oh, holy shit. We're only at 23 <laughs> minutes in. We've gone off on so many tangents. We're only just getting to the credits. <laughs> That's okay. And I, it's not like I, when I said I've had a beer and I'm feeling better, I was like, I'm two sips into this beer. So it's not <laughs> like I've been drinking all afternoon and then started recording. <laughs> well, you know, I might have like blown all of the stuff I have early. So we'll see how the rest of this goes. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Is it like the gun goes off early? I don't know what I'm trying to say. I feel like there's a, there's some sort of like euphemism and I'm not reaching for it correctly. Anyway peak too soon if you're in training or just blew your yeah. leg too early if we're yeah, talking about like that yeah sexual euphemisms well <laughs> as you know i often unintentionally make those so let's go with that one this is true yeah this is fantastically true <laughs> yeah and i love it yeah can the title of the episode be kathy blew her load too soon <laughs> <laughs> if you would like you have all the power. <laughs> I do have all the power. Oh, that's right. I'm the one that uploads it. <laughs> Even if I'm like, no, let's call it this. You'll be like, wow. Nope. <laughs> no. Like, yep. Yeah, uh-huh. Sure. I'll totally do that. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I don't think you even check to ever find out for sure what I do or do not put up there when I upload the episodes. Sometimes I do. When I'm on my game, which I've been off my game for like, I don't know, almost a year now, I'm getting back on <laughs> Can't there. imagine why. It's not like yeah. you've had a, you, a terrible bunch of awful things happening to you. It's fine. At some point, oh, I wait, yes, to, you like, have fucking suck shit up and just do th- something. Anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> not literally, um, please. No. No. I used to use a vacuum for that when cats didn't make it in their litter box sometimes, but only after it had dried. Speaking of not making it into the litter box, not that Lily has a litter box, but she's had the shits for like four days. Oh no! Why? We don't really know. Poor it's terrible. Girl, but that's terrible. I'm so sorry. Life is very hard for us right now. We're not sleeping much because she needs, we don't have a yard, so she has to go out for walks like three times a night. Is she making it outside at least? Not always. Oh, well, at least you got your uh, wet vac back. This is true. Well, thankfully, she's being a good girl and going in the kitchen. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's probably partly why I'm so loopy today is like, I have not been sleeping. No. Oh, poor Lily. (laughs) Yeah, my baby bears got an upset tummy. Poor girl. Yeah. I hope she feels better soon. So do I. So do I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Stargate, huh? <laughs> anyway, yes. Jack 
heads off on his mission. He's on a planet that apparently, as we learn, everyone's a pedant about this. It's not a planet. It's a moon. Jack goes to a moon, but it's like a planet because they can breathe there and it has vegetation and life. Anyway. It's definitely not a space station. Yes. It's not a space station, but it is a moon. It's orbiting a gas giant. Anyway, Jack and Teal'c are on this mission. They relieve the guy who's been there of duty. This guy was as clearly as thrilled as Jack to have <laughs> this assignment. But he's actually relieved because he gets to leave. But before he can, he gets a uh, shout, a holler from uh, some scientist named Hamilton. Speaking of randomly happening to notice things in the credits... I randomly happened to notice prominently displayed across the screen, Hrothgar, <laughs> Hrothgar Matthews, oh. which is an amazing name and happens to be the name of the actor playing Hamilton. Really? And because he's got such a great name, I, of course, then had to look him up. Thank you. I don't really know too many things that he's been in. He was in Reindeer Games, which is pretty famous, and he was in The Core, which I have seen but didn't recognize him from. He's also in the Lost in Space reboot, which I don't recognize him from that either. He's a Canadian, that guy. He's been in a ton of different stuff, but just has such a fantastic name that I needed to know more about him. <laughs> that is a fantastic name. I missed it. Yeah, it's great. He does yeah. not look like a Hrothgar, though. Like, I would think a Hrothgar would be Hrothgar, Hrothgar, however you want to say it. Yeah. I would think would be... Well, however he says it, <laughs> I, I do not know how he says it. That is important. But I would expect like a huge jacked guy instead of a kind yeah. of shortish science nerdy guy. So Was pretty, Rothgar pretty the, the the king in Beowulf? I thought Rothgar was the dragon. Oh, no. he might be. I don't know. It's been so long. Idiotic. No, Grendel was the dragon. You're right. Yeah. Rothgar was the king. So yeah, in my mind, he's wearing like some heavy clothing and a crown anyway yeah but he's not in this so sadly not but he should be he should be yeah. <laughs> make it a really weird episode but... <laughs> sure would have but it would have been great yeah <laughs> but no today he's not a king today he's a bitchy scientist who wants to know where his damn replacements parts are for the backup generator he's not being unreasonable even though i know they're he's trying to make crazy. it out like they're totally trying to make him seem like an ass but yeah. He's not being unreasonable. I was on his side in this. They're totally playing up the military versus the civilian conflict in this. Right. And the science nerds versus the yeah. military jocks. and Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Hamilton is like, we really need these parts. And Griff is like, well, that's not my problem anymore. Here's Colonel O'Neill, who is probably going to be just as helpful <laughs> as Griff. That's his name here. Yep. So Hamilton turns his attention to Jack and is like, hey, I need this stuff. Let's talk about that. But in a more cranky way. Right. <laughs> Sitting there useless as two shits. Hey, turn around, bend over. I'll show you where my shoe fits. As a person who has frequently not had the supplies that they needed for crucial experiments and that were critical to doing my job or my research, I can totally relate to how Hamilton's feeling right here. I mean, I didn't really pay much attention, but yeah. I mean, replacement parts for a generator seems important to everyone. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> He's not even like trying to science with the supplies he doesn't have. He just wants electricity, which come yeah. on. <laughs> Back at the Academy, Sam and 
Kerrigan? Was that his somebody? name? I thought yeah. it was someone named Morris. Wasn't Monroe the instructor? That's what I thought, what? but then this is saying that she's talking to someone named Kerrigan. That's why I'm confused. Yeah, that was like the head of like the academy guy she goes to see. Oh, he's I thought a different it was the same guy. guy. Okay. Oh, no, it's a different guy. This guy's in the military. I thought the other guy was also in the military. I don't I know what's like happening. I feel like he looked like standard professor to me. Like He looked like a civilian instructor to me. This oh, guy's okay. actually in like a military clothing. Okay. For someone who normally <laughs> pays attention to everyone's clothing, including the fact that I even have a note here about how weird it is to see Sam in a skirt, <laughs> I did not notice the outfit of the guy teaching the class You're or the guy that she's talking to here. Too busy dealing with Rothgar, and I don't blame you. I really was too busy dealing with Rothgar and his amazing name. Yeah. So Sam goes to see the general, the higher up at the school, to talk to him specifically about what's her face from class. I'm sure she has a name. I'll figure Jennifer. it out. Jennifer. There we go. And she wants to know more about the kid. She is very impressed by Jennifer. And Kerrigan's like, caught your eye, huh? Thought she might. I thought that was weird, but whatever. Is that like a setup? Did he invite her to lecture just so they just could meet? meet? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's weird. He gave Sam a report that Jennifer wrote entitled Towards a New Cosmology of Multiple Realities. But it was given a D because while it is a fantastic paper, everyone agrees it was not whatever the assignment was. And I don't think we ever even find out what the assignment actually was. I don't think so. No. They continue to talk about how smart the kid is and that her SATs were through the roof even higher than Sam's, which I don't buy for a second that Sam got anything other than a perfect score on her SATs. So, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But she's too smart for her own damn good, they say, and has a really bad attitude because she pretty much knows she's smarter than everybody else and also acts like it, which is a bit of a problem. They also say that her physical skills are terrific despite her size because, you know, short people can't be coordinated, apparently. No, I don't know. Universe. <laughs> that was weird. But then when she was standing next to yeah. Sam, like, oh, she's very petite. She's she is petite, very but petite. That shouldn't have anything to do with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That doesn't mean that she can't be like physically strong enough to like lift her own body weight and climb yeah. ropes and have good marksmanship <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. Sam wants to talk to her. Long story short, despite her bad attitude, she's very intrigued by this kid and thinks that Jennifer has a promising future. And Kerrigan, the general guy, was hoping that Sam would say that. Yeah, because apparently he just wanted them to meet. Yeah. Again, why not just come out and say it? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Back on the moon. The moon. Not <laughs> our moon, but the other moon. The other moon. Yeah. Hamilton goes to see Jack because Jack is not letting the scientists go survey the, some cave they found. I am not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away Jack my wants shot. them to wait because the military need to check it out first to make sure everything's okay. I don't know why the scientists would ever object to this, given the right? entire history of this show, but here we yeah. are. Seriously, I don't understand why they would have an issue with that either. Hamilton apparently has a timetable. I don't know why. No. I, like, if they're going to set up a permanent research station, I'm not sure what the rush is, but whatever. So they're having a conflict about that. 
Hamilton is of the opinion that they've been here for six weeks and there's been no problem so far, so obviously there's not going to be a problem with the cave. But Jack's like, no, we're still going to check out the cave first because that is how we do things. That's where they leave that, basically. Yep, pretty much. Back at the Air Force Academy, Haley is working with some laser. It's green. It's pretty. Lots of green light. She's wearing red goggles. That's not important, but I just noticed it because when I got my degree in art, I know that red is opposite on the color wheel from green. So she cancels out the brightness of the green light with the red goggles. And again, nobody cares. (laughs) I feel like I only know that because one time Mulder said he was red, green, colorblind, and then I looked it up. Anyway. (laughs) Or at least I knew they were related to each other in some way because my life is influenced by the X-Files in many ways. Anyway, I mean, everyone's life should be yeah. influenced by the X-Files if it wasn't. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sam comes in. She puts on goggles that are not red, but they are black, which is dark enough to, to block out whatever's happening. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying all this, but I am. She didn't even put them on, though. She just holds yeah. them over her face. <laughs> she does. Yeah. They talk about her paper. Jennifer Haley I'm going to call her Haley just because that's yeah. what it says on my transcript. Haley complains about her D, but Sam says that she read it, thinks it's good. Haley says that the assignment was lame, so that's why she didn't write about the assignment. <laughs> they continue to talk about the paper. Sam chastises Haley for making too many assumptions, and that invalidates her theory. All of that annoyed me because Sam should have known better than to call it a theory. It would be a hypothesis. Also, assumptions are okay as long as you state that they're an assumption and say what the basis is for the assumptions that you're making. So you kind of have to acknowledge it if you're writing a paper that you're making assumptions. But when you're working in something that's like, again, I'm not a theoretical astrophysicist, but at least in bio, if you're working in something that's relatively theoretical, you have to make at least a few assumptions in order to be able to come to any conclusion. Well, who knows? I don't know. Beer! Oh my god, you have beer. Second beer. There's the juice. So I was annoyed with Sam for calling her out for making assumptions. But at the same time, I have read a bunch of student papers where they made assumptions and then didn't explain why they made the assumptions. And so, yeah, that you can't do that. You have to explain the assumption and why you chose to use it. Gotcha. Not that anyone cares, unless any of you happen to be science students. I care. <laughs> who are writing papers. <laughs> Yay. I care. And I'm so, not a science student or oh, writing papers. Excellent. Thank you. What else did you get there? I, oh, or are you thanking question. me for caring? <laughs> <laughs> I have an Oktoberfest from, who is this? Broadbrook. Ah, nice. Yeah. Tis the season. I love fall beers so much. It's the best time of year for beers. Agreed. Mm -hmm. And I'm happy to drink them in August. Although it's barely August. It is. And it will definitely not be August by the time this drops. So very true. It is currently August thirty first and this will be out on September (laughs) seventh. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, future everybody. Hello me. We're the future. (laughs) We're the future of the world. We know what's going to happen in the next week, and we don't. We're going to hold that over your head. <laughs> uh, neener, neener, neener. I think my brain just broke. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Neener, neener, neener. Let me collect myself. Stop crying. I'm laughing too hard. Now you're dying. I'm dying. This is quite an episode. It is. There's so much more episodes left. I know. We're like, like, are we even halfway yet? I don't know. No, I don't think so. At least not according to where I am, yeah. My notes say I'm on page 8 of 28 in this transcript. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. That's pretty much it for the scene. They go back and forth about Sam chastising Jennifer about her assumptions and Jennifer Haley defending her paper and saying that her assumptions were valid and then asking if she can be dismissed so she can get to class. Elsewhere, Jack and Teal'c have checked out the caves. Which they let Hamilton know are cool, but over the radio. They're not in person. Yeah. They are free to do their sciencing. Jack and Teal continue to walk on. Teal observes that Jack seems disappointed. They found nothing. And Jack's like, well, I just wanted that dude to be wrong. Because, you know, he sucks. (laughs) (laughs) While they're walking, they hear a noise. Like a little I don't know. I can't make the same noise that it is, but that's pretty close. Yeah. And they see attached to that noise is a little glowing dot. sort of like a firefly. It's zipping around though, much faster than a firefly would. Yeah. It's like an alien firefly. Yes. A moon firefly. It's like a will o' the wisp, but I don't know what a moon version of the will o' the wisp (laughs) would be. Yeah. A will o' the moon. Yeah. Yeah. doesn't yeah. sound fun at all but whatever that's <laughs> the yeah. best i got yeah so they watch this thing zip around and then it goes straight through a tree yeah that's weird yeah Tilk's never seen anything like it and jack says cool that's that scene that is that scene <laughs> back in the lecture hall sam goes back to the professor who when i am only just now realizing is a different person than the other guy thanks to kathy <laughs> You're welcome. (laughs) Sam wants to talk about Haley's paper. She really, really has a thing for this paper. Yeah. They talk more science stuff that, again, isn't really that relevant and didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because, again, not a physics person. They go back and forth about the science, but then in the end, it turns out that Jennifer Haley has been expelled because she punched somebody else in the face. So their conversation about science and the philosophies of Haley's paper don't actually matter. Oops. Yep. Back on the moon. Two, all three of the scientists, there are two or three scientists. I think there's three, three right? Yeah. 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 They're basically sneaking out of the camp. Although yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I was also wondering because they're like, oh, we got to sneak out and go look at that light thing. But yeah, yeah, they were already cleared to go do research. So that made no sense. Yeah. Maybe when Jack and Tilt came back, they said that they needed to stay there because they wanted to look that into makes whether sense. or not the light beings were dangerous. Maybe? Yeah. Yeah, that could be. And it sort yeah. of bears out that Jack is sitting on the other side of, like, a bunch of boxes and whatnot of supplies, yeah. I assume. Jack is sitting on the other side, so the scientists basically run smack into him and Tilt, who maybe they're guarding the camp. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, Jack's already told them they can't go anywhere but they really 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 want to because this thing is fascinating which indeed 
Yeah, does not hold sway with Jack. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah, because he's like, yes, until we determine there's no threat, he's going to assume there is one, which, again, given everything that has happened in the history of the show, seems like a good idea. Right? Yeah. Hamilton says he thought he was in charge of things going on here, and Jack's like, you are of the scientists. (laughs) Shows what you know, Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I want to bring up here is that they are having this argument and Teal comes in to defend Jack about his qualifications for deciding what should be going on. And Jack says, thank you, Rocco. And I was like, I have no idea what that's in reference to. Yeah, I was going to ask. I have no idea either. I couldn't find a definitive answer. The only thing I could find was... Two different, like, random people answering, like, a Q&A about specifically this. One of them said it had something to do with, like, a character from a Bugs Bunny gangster cartoon. But and it seems related to the other one, which was that apparently Rocco was a common name for, like, large henchmen sidekicks of gangsters in, like, movies in, like, the earlier part of the 20th century. Weird. So I don't know if that's the reference, but that's the only thing I could really find that made any kind of sense. Tilkis is yeah. backup, but that was very it. strange. Anyway, if anyone knows, let us know. Yes. If, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Share your insights. We appreciate it. We do. Yep. At the Air Force Academy, Sam is not happy that Haley has been expelled, so she goes to see Kerrigan, who, again, is the guy that's in charge of everything, not the same guy that was teaching the class. <laughs> Turns out that Haley was doing a physical fitness test with another cadet, and someone was being an asshole to that other cadet and making fun of them for their femaleness and lack of fitness. So she punched that guy in the nose and broke his nose, and he totally had it coming, so... <laughs> <laughs> Not that violence is ever the answer, but I was kind of on Haley's side in this mm. argument. Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, Kerrigan argues that he can't let that go. Obviously, you can't go around breaking someone's nose just because they're being an ass. Jack would have his nose broken so many times if that were the case. <laughs> right? <laughs> and Daniel. My God. Seriously. Sam says she doesn't want Haley to go unpunished, but at the same time, she really doesn't want her kicked out of the Air Force because this kid can really make a big difference and has a very bright future in front of her. Kerrigan's like, in deep space radar analysis, is it? Right? And Sam's like, um, yeah, totally. But Kerrigan obviously doesn't buy that that's what Sam is actually doing, but if Sam is insistent on Haley staying in, and if Sam thinks that Haley is worth putting the time and effort into making an officer, Kerrigan's going to go with Sam's opinion. They do agree that the kid's going to be punished, but she will not be booted out. Sam's going to kind of take her under her wing and show her what her future could be. After their little meeting. Little meeting. I don't know why I like. After their meeting, Haley and Sam are walking together. Sam has more words about her dumb choices. (laughs) (laughs) Haley lets it slip that apparently she spent her entire time there being compared to Sam. Yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah. Sam's a rock star, obviously, but like, why would you like 
be like, hey, we have this other person we want to talk about who's, you know, you're almost like as good as her, but maybe better. We don't know. I don't know. It doesn't seem like a good way to motivate people. Right? I mean, I got compared to my sister all the time when I was in school because she was Mm. always just a little bit better in school than I was. And I was always jealous of you because you were always just a little better in school than I was. But, like, this random person that you don't know, that seemed really weird to me. Yeah, that was weird. And... Mm. Also, yeah, aw. screw you, Kathy. You always got like a half a letter grade higher than me on everything. Not a lot, not a lot. But if I got an A, you got an A plus. <laughs> if I got an A minus, you got an A. Yeah, what does it all get us anyway? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> what was the point? Anyway, nothing not... matters. Nothing <laughs> matters. Let's just eat the Peeps chili and call it a day. Mm-hmm. Wait, Peeps chili? Peeps chili? Is that what he put in it? Peeps? You put the peeps in the chili pot and eat them both up. Or was it Eminem's? Wait. And add the M&M's. You put the pe- I don't, I'm sorry. What? I was going back to Cheaty. Anyway. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot. Okay. I forgot about that part of that. I don't know why, but yeah, I totally forgot that that's how that followed it up. <laughs> and now I'm going to eat my marshmallow candy chili in silence and you all can jump up your own butts. I think it was peeps i don't know it was gross whatever it was oh anyway <laughs> i like peeps yeah <laughs> i'm one of the weirdos that likes them but i don't remember that part that's funny yeah. okay anyway <laughs> yeah so sam's just like suck it up this is life deal with it you've got more important things you need to accomplish in your life than whining about being compared to her in the air force right Haley doesn't know what she's talking about, of course, because Sam can't tell her anything about the deep space telemetry or whatever that she does. But she's like, you need to trust me on this. On the planet, we are inside the research lab getting a close up of Dr. Lee, presumably Dr. Lee, Lee, whatever his position is, shaking a test tube. And I hated that he wasn't wearing gloves, but he wasn't. No. And then Hamilton goes off and says that science is about questioning the status quo and questioning authority. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, sorry. This I'm going to go back for a second. Yeah. Maybe gloves are one of the things they're waiting for the Air Force to deliver to them. Oh, could be. Or maybe their challenge of the status quo is, I'm not wearing PPE. Yeah. If, you know, nowadays these would be like the people that are the nose danglers that I would hate. (laughs) Yes. Sorry. Sometimes sometimes even scientists don't necessarily follow good science or... Yeah. 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 (laughs) Anyway. Sorry. (laughs) Anyway, both of those things annoy me. Come on, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> they can hear that weird alien life form from before, the weird Will of the Moon thing. <laughs> and they're like, holy crap, we got to go chase it. And that's a bad idea because you should never chase the Will of the Wisps, but that's what they do. I don't know how to say no to this. So they run off in the woods, they get their camera, and they head off. And they hope that Jack doesn't find out dumbasses right seriously they continue following the thing through the woods they do actually end up radioing to jack to tell him what's going on they say that they encountered another one of those creatures they are following it so now jack and teal have to go follow after them for security reasons 
They make their way into a clearing where there's just a whole ton of these things flying around. They're flying a lot more in formation than regular lightning bugs would be. So it kind of looks a little bit more organized than regular lightning blinking wood. They're filming it. They're all standing there kind of in awe. The things seem to be pretty harmless. And they're pretty delighted by what's happening. Yeah. That's it. Like, oh, look at me. I'm surrounded by bugs. Yay. Lucky bugs. Meanwhile, Sam has invited Haley to the SGC. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, and quick. So they headed on over. Hammond is meeting with Sam in his office. Sort of like, uh, what's she doing here? It's real high security. And Sam's like, well... She signed the non-disclosure form, so cool. Yeah, everything's fine. She hasn't told Haley anything yet, but obviously that's going to change. Hammond's a little doubtful, but Sam is pretty confident that Haley, despite her record, will one day be a very valuable member of the SGC. She's very smart, and if she can just see what's out there, she will be motivated to get back on the right track. I was really happy to find out that Sam is just as good at getting her way with Hammond as Jack is. Right? I thought that was pretty great. Agreed. Yeah. A little bit later on, Sam and Haley are in the SGC. Haley's a little bit confused, a little bit apprehensive. She's not sure where they could possibly be going, given that they're so far underground. And Sam's being a little bit coy, telling her to wait and see. Haley is a little bit nervous. They make their way to the gate room. The gate is dialing out. Haley is a little bit mesmerized by what's going on, and she steps towards the gate. And I was like, oh, no, don't do it. Yeah, no, no. A little traumatized from last week's episode. (laughs) But no, she took a step and then stopped. There were no feet shoes. There was not even anything close to feet shoes in this episode. So that was good. Sam tells her that it's Haley's future called the Stargate. The gate finishes dialing. The wormhole does form. Everyone is safe and intact. Yes. <laughs> they walk up the ramp, and I was sad that Haley did not take the time to play with the puddle because that's, know. The, you know, that's what scientists do. But no, they just walked through. So yeah. what the hell? Apparently, Haley's not a real scientist. Yeah. And no, I don't think she deserves to be in the SGC program now nope. because, yeah. She fails. Yep. She's failed. Exactly. Goodbye. I mean, I know you can be a military person and not be mesmerized by the puddle, but if you're a science person and not mesmerized by the puddle, that's where my problem lies. I know. I know. I agree. Yeah. They go through the gate onto the planet, which, again, Sam points out, it's a moon, not a planet. (laughs) (laughs) Jack comes to greet them. Sam asks him how he is. And he starts talking about his back pain and his joint pain. And she cuts him off in the middle of talking. So I'm like, why did you even ask? Right? (laughs) Let him ham it up there. But no, she introduces the two of them. And they have their little small talk. And he tells them both that he's got something Sam should see. So he leads them back to the lab. In the lab... They have captured one of these poor little will-o'-the-moon things, and it looks very unhappy. It's flying around very quickly in a weird infinity symbol shape. It's buzzing, and Hamilton doesn't care. 
So he's being a jerk to the poor thing. Sam wants to know what it is. They're not sure. They try to figure it out for a while. And Haley asks, are you maybe hurting that thing? Which, thank you, Haley, for asking that. That seems like a good question because the thing is clearly in distress based on how they were acting before and how it's acting now. And Hamilton's like, no, it can't feel pain. Duh. And (laughs) screw you, Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. Sam agrees that Haley's got a good point. Maybe it doesn't like being held in a cage, even if it can't feel any pain. And also thank you to Jack, who tells Hamilton to let it go. So excellent job, all of you, for defending the rights of this little creature. Yeah, good job, everyone. Yep, exactly. Hamilton begrudgingly lets it go. He wants to keep it to study it, but he opens the container that they are keeping it in. It's worth noting that because the thing can pass through solid matter, they have to use like a magnetic field in order to keep it contained in this glass tube that they're trying to hold it in. Yes. Yes. Out in a clearing, Lee is hanging around and a swarm of these things come upon him. He's just kind of checking them out. They came on all of a sudden out of nowhere and uh (laughs) uh-oh, they start buzzing him. And by buzzing him, I mean passing through him painfully. And that's bad because generally it is not good when things pass through our bodies. No. (laughs) So the entire swarm starts attacking him. He's in a lot of pain and tries radioing to the others for help. Everyone started trying to call to him to figure out exactly where he is. And he (laughs) can't. Oh, he doesn't say arg into the radio. I thought he said arg into the radio, like in the castle. Ah, maybe he's too no. no, because I think the other scientists had shown up at that point yeah. like, to hear him go, ah. Yes. He didn't need to carve it because somebody was there. Exactly. He yeah. was dictating at that point. Right. So they do find him and things are not going well for him because he's been punctured by a bunch of these little flying energy beings. I did feel kind of bad for this guy, though, because he wasn't even the one that was holding the thing captive, and yet no. he's the one that's dealing with the wrath of nope. these beings. Yeah. Sucks yeah. for him. Right? Yeah. So eventually, when they actually make it to him, they were kind of nearby and could hear him screaming, but when they finally actually make it to him, they realize he's dead. Oh, wait, no, he's not dead yet. He says he's not dead. Yes, he is. I'm not he isn't? Well, he will be soon. Um, no, no, because just Dr. Lee gets to him, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I said it was Dr. Lee being attacked. I don't know. One of the other doctors finds this guy that's being attacked, realizes he's being attacked, and instead of doing anything helpful, he just runs away. Run away! Run away! <laughs> well, I mean, what else are you going to do? <laughs> I run away. don't know. <laughs> yeah. Elsewhere at the base... Mm-hmm. Haley goes up to Teal'c and is like, Teal'c, mind if I call you Teal'c? I thought this scene was so cute. I love yeah. this scene. And Teal'c's like, I have no other name. <laughs> but he was being like cute and smiley. and Yeah. 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 Teal'c is being not like I have, but Not like being like, oh, I have no other name, but like, I have no No, no, no. Yeah. I just have no way of like, you know, saying you Teal'c without really being like, I have Teal'c, no other name. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was being great and as personable <laughs> yeah. as Teal'c gets. Yeah. She surmises he is not human. Tilk confirms her guess. And so she's like, oh, this is your planet slash moon? And he's like, no, I'm from elsewhere, Chulak. 
And that is when Haley finds out from Teal'c that the Stargate goes many, many places. She's like, are you serious? And at that moment, Dr. Lee comes running up, screaming for Jack over and over again. Colonel O'Neill! Colonel O'Neill! And Jack comes out to find out what's happening. Dr. Lee reports that they're attacking the other dude. Dr. Thompson, I guess? So... Jack orders everyone else inside and he and Teal'c are going to go try to find the other guy and hopefully rescue him, but that's not going to work out. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert for the next scene. Yeah. (laughs) Or close to it. In the next scene, they find the guy and he's dead. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That's it. Yep. Did you want me to keep going? Uh, I, I assumed you would. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Never make assumptions, Kathy. That is true. Didn't Sam teach you anything? I'm not a scientist. I can make all the assumptions I want. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> there has to be some basis for your assumptions, though. Did you not learn anything from me, either? No, I try not to. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair sometimes it feels like my students are also trying not to Aww, no. that's like so i said we've only met them all once and they all seem like a fantastic group of people <laughs> in the research lab sam is helping to bandage the wound from dr lee Haley and hamilton are there jack and tilk come running in and jack is pissed off that they're all just sitting there because he had said that they all needed to go to the gate right away but nobody is ready. So he yells at them all, well, let's move. They run outside. And Hamilton is pretty sure that the thing that happened is just an isolated incident. He doesn't see any need to abandon the planet or abandon the camp just because the one guy died. <laughs> Jack's like, all right, yeah, maybe you're right. But like, what if you're not? And then why take chances with us all dying? He's got a good point. Meanwhile, Teal'c notices that there is a huge swarm of these light creatures approaching, and they had better all get back inside now. So they do. They go back inside. Yep. Yep. Where Teal'c points out that the walls are not going to protect them. (laughs) Good point, Teal'c. Yeah. So they are like, crap, we got to figure something out. Sam's like, maybe Zats? Because... And he's like, maybe? And she's like, I just got here. (laughs) I thought that was really funny. Yes, agreed. She thinks that the fact that they are an electrical charge and they're the only weapon they have that she thinks might have an effect of any kind. So they pop out some zats and then some bugs come in and they're zipping around. Sam fires out a little swarm and then... Another swarm attacks Hamilton, so Teal zats him, and the bugs leave. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I felt kind of bad for Hamilton, but not that bad, because even though I was on his side originally, yeah. he was being too much of an ass later. <laughs> really? For real? But this seems effective. The bugs retreat for the moment, and they have a little moment of quiet to themselves, which they've taken advantage of. They seem to have electrified the walls because the walls are made of metal. Yay! Yay! Yeah, that's their plan. They're going to switch it on as soon as and it does happen very quickly. The bugs try coming back. Sam turns it on after everyone stands clear of the walls because nobody's looking to be electrocuted today. 
Yeah, don't touch those walls. Yeah. Convenient that this thing is made out of metal and not one of the other tents. Like, all of the other <laughs> yeah. things are made out yeah, of fabric. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so, fortunately, this seems to be working. And then Sam's like, oh, as long as we've got power, it's safe. And then Dr. Lee's like, oh, yeah, how about that generator? How long do you think that's going to keep going? <laughs> so they're not out of the woods because they realize that the guy who died was the one who was supposed to fill it this morning. And they don't know that he actually did. Yikes. So they may have a few hours. They may not. The generator is too far away for them to do anything about. So they got to come up with something else. <laughs> yeah. I did like that the Willow the Moon things had given them just enough time to wire up the building at the beginning of this scene. Though. That was thoughtful of them. That was very kind of them. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I was actually kind of expecting like a Jurassic Park type scene here where they're talking about the generator being on the other side <laughs> of the compound. But that was not what we got. So, and, you know, I was a little disappointed. There was no guy chain smoking to go be eaten and then... It's true. There was no Samuel L. Jackson before yeah. he was really famous. <laughs> yeah. And, and then Sam could go and be the uh, Dr. Sattler character yeah. and get it all back on after she follows the pipes where Jack tells her how to do that while he lays around with his shirt half open. <laughs> now I really want a Jurassic Park <laughs> SG1 crossover. <laughs> that would be so fantastic. <laughs> anyway. Um... Let me see. Now I've lost my place completely. What was the last thing you were talking about? Oh, the last... I'm sorry. The last thing I was talking about was like, oh, they're like, oh, crap. The generator could run out at any time. This is where they follow the... Okay. They look at a map, an actual map, instead of a schematic. They're not following pipes. (laughs) They're trying to figure out what to do next. Sam thinks she's got a way figured out. If the creatures are being held back by an electrical field around the building, then they just need to create a bigger electrical field to repel them. And the Stargate itself is pretty much a big superconductor, so that could probably work. But someone's going to have to go down there to dial out. Very Mr. Arnold style. Someone's going to (laughs) have to go out and be like the sacrifice to try to get things started. Tilk points out that most likely anyone that goes out there is going to be killed. But Sam says not necessarily because the human body has its own electrical field. So somehow if they shoot somebody with a zat, that would be enough to (laughs) pause the electrical field so the things won't go after them. Okay. Their body's electrical field. I was wondering if you had science. Our muscles and our nervous systems run on electricity. So... Yeah, she's not wrong, but like the the zat gun temporarily altering it so that the things can't get you and you still being able to function. <laughs> no. <laughs> like you need no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> anyway, it wouldn't last long enough to get somebody all the way to the gate, so Haley recommends maybe you shoot them twice. No. no. <laughs> Never shoot them twice. Don't do it. Although we don't know the time frame for that, so... Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that before. How close together those two shots can be, we never really get a definitive answer to. Maybe this electrical field disruption plays into that. Maybe. Like if your electrical field is already disrupted and then you're re-electro-disrupted, then right? you just die? I don't know. Anyway, we don't get an answer that's not to that, part of that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Then they go off on a tangent about how apparently this moon goes around its planet from kind of like a north-south. 
orbit. So it passes over the poles. And when these will-o'-the-moons happen to be freaking out, they were also right around the pole. So Haley thinks that it's not that these things are angry, like everyone else is assuming, but maybe they just freak out whenever they pass over one of the magnetic poles. And now that they've passed that magnetic north, everything should be fine. And maybe those aliens things won't want to go after them anyway. Ooh. Yeah. That is another big assumption that Haley is making. And again, like I said before, okay in papers to make an assumption, but when lives are on the line, (laughs) maybe not make big leaps of knowledge or big leaps of logic here like that. So they're debating what to do, whether or not they should go right away now while the things are slightly disoriented and try to get somebody to the gate as soon as possible, or whether they should wait a little bit longer to let the moon pass a little bit further away to the pole and then head over to the gate. Haley rudely says, you're not right, I am, to Sam, who is saying that they should go as soon as possible. And obviously, that's pretty rude. Like I said, I'm okay with my students pointing out if I've made a mistake, but I would not appreciate that either. Someone should have broken her nose. Right? (laughs) Right? Seriously. Mm -hmm. They go back and forth between the two of them. Jack is listening carefully to both of them and trying to figure out exactly what to do. But ultimately, he tells... Haley that you know what doesn't matter who's right he's weighed the information that he's gotten he has made his own decision and he himself is going to head to the gate Haley wants to know how it can possibly not matter who's right and Sam explains well if he makes a run for the gate he's only risking his own life if we wait to see what happens he is risking everyone else's life he's not going to risk everyone else's life he's going to head out now and only risk his own Jack says that as soon as he gets the gate opens, he wants everyone heading straight for it. Don't bring anything with you. Of course, Hamilton complains that they've got weeks of research. And Jack's like, no, you're just going to go. And then I loved that he told Sam that if Hamilton tried to even bring a single file folder with him to (laughs) shoot him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. In order for Jack to have his electrical field disrupted, someone's going to have to shoot him before he makes that run to the gate. Yeah. So that's going to be Tilk. Okay, and I just have to take a moment here because yeah. Tilk brought out the big guns for this, and I'm not talking about the Zat. He went tank top for this scene, and I was like, <laughs> hell yeah! Right? I know. Yeah. It's fantastic. <laughs> anyway, he's also got a Zat. He also has a Zat. Asks Jack if he's ready. Jack says, no, give me a warning. So <laughs> Tilk says, I am going to shoot you. <laughs> Which was just amazing. <laughs> And Jack's like, no, I meant like maybe a count of three, like one, <laughs> and then Chilk shoots. <laughs> that whole part was just fantastic. It was great. Yeah. Obviously, Jack passes out, and then Dr. Lee waves some ammonia by his nose, and this brings up my science tangent for the day. Yes! <laughs> smelling salts because actually when we're in deep sleep or unconscious a lot of our the special senses so like you know like your sight taste smell they actually shut down when we're sleeping so one of the reasons that we have the big loud smoke detectors is because we can still hear things but our sense of smell isn't really going to register the smell of smoke if you're in rem and so that got me to wondering all right well how do smelling salts work then because if you can't really smell things when you're asleep How does that work? And so according to the National Institute of Health, it's not actually the smell of the ammonia 
that is waking you up. What happens is that it irritates the membranes of the nose and the lungs and triggers the inhalation reflex. And that triggering of the inhalation reflex then brings in extra oxygen and improves respiratory flow. And that is how smelling salts wake you up. Huh. That's really interesting. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Right. Yeah. So Jack comes to. Tilk wishes him luck. And Jack runs to the gate, or at least tries to. Uh, Sam cuts the the power to the electrical field that they still had circulating through the building so that Jack can get out. And then turns the power back on when he leaves. Okay. Here's Jack running through the whatever woods. Yeah. Whatever to get to the Stargate. He's running real quick. But... Then he realizes he's about to be overrun by the Willow Moons. Wait, Whisper Willow, Willow, Willow the Moons. Willow the Moons. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> he realizes he's about to be overrun by them. So he actually just stops and crouches down. They swarm around him, but they don't enter him and kill him. Yeah. So then instead of zipping along back, he's a few paces away from the Stargate and he walks there so slowly yeah for some reason that is pretty weird because they weren't attacking him when he was running so why would he feel the need to slow down and then he slowly quietly radios that he's at the gate and then he slowly starts dialing dude (laughs) i know you can dial the gate faster than that what the hell are you doing do we know that he never dials the gate well one can dial the (laughs) gate faster than they are when you're using an actual dhd this is true but maybe he's so unused to using it that it takes him a while to find where all the symbols are so he's like hunting and pecking yeah on a keyboard maybe but sucks (laughs) to be him because his protection does not last that long nope in the lab, Tilk and Carter exchange concerned looks. <laughs> Would you like me to keep going? Please do. Unless you want me to do a... Do, do, do. I push a button. I have all the time in the world. <laughs> I don't know I'm this is. going to push the button. We can dial slowly. Anyway. <laughs> I'm done. I don't know why he was going so slow. It doesn't make any damn sense. Anyway. I loved your song. Is, you. that a, is that a thing? No. <laughs> you just made it okay. <laughs> I'm like, am I supposed to recognize this? No, just making fun of Jack. That's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Over the radio, everyone calls to Jack. Tilk comes out of nowhere and shoots his Zat gun, not at Jack directly, but in the area of the DHD, and that causes all of the light thingies to scatter. Thankfully, he does not manage to shoot Jack himself, although maybe it wouldn't matter. (laughs) Maybe it was enough time, maybe not. Who knows? We don't. Everybody else comes running now that those things have scattered again. Jack says he's never going to complain about mosquitoes again (laughs) after this. Hamilton owes Jack an apology, he says. Forgiveness Can you imagine Jack supposes Haley wants to know if gate travel is always like that and so I was like, nah, sometimes it gets really exciting. (laughs) 
Haley also wants to know if she'll ever find out which one of them was right, her or Sam, and says, yeah, maybe if you stick around long enough. And also, there's always other planets. But no, this isn't a planet, Sam. Haley reminds her it's a moon. And Sam agrees that Haley is right. And that is the end of this episode. Never forget it's a moon, people. (laughs) Never forget. No. Kathy. Yes. Did you like the episode? I did, actually. Yeah, I I like Sam taking a, a young cadet with a chip on her shoulder yeah. under her wing and showing her the ropes. And I actually really liked when they have their disagreement about what could be causing the bug's behavior. Uh-huh. And they have, like, two opposite ideas. And I really like that sort of teaching moment where Haley doesn't understand why Jack would go if there's a chance that... Yeah. And it doesn't matter who's right because he's not going to risk everyone else's life. And I feel like that's a valuable lesson for her to learn. Right. Which is just kind of a small part of it. I thought it was a pretty, pretty good Sam episode in that respect. And I enjoyed Jack's fanboying at the beginning. Yeah. Of that course. Was pretty great. Yeah. I like the little bit of the civilian versus military tensions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it was enjoyable. It wasn't like the best episode ever, but it is certainly not as depressing as some episodes we've seen recently. Or is annoying. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) How about you? Fair. Yeah. Like I said, kind of earlier on or hinted at kind of earlier on, it was fine. I didn't dislike it. I didn't think it was great, but it was mostly enjoyable. It had a lot of funny parts, which I did appreciate. Haley was pretty annoying at times, but (laughs) I also kind of liked her at other times. So I had kind of mixed feelings about her, which I think we were probably supposed to. At times she was likable, at times she wasn't. She was very rude, and I have very little patience for rudeness, but she was also really smart, which I, of course, appreciate, and super interested in science, which I, of course, also appreciate. Given how the last several episodes have gone, and based on my kind of vague memory of this episode, I was totally expecting her to die. So I was kind of watching this, like, all right, when's she going to die? When's she going to die? Is this when she dies? And so that kind of, like put a little bit of a damper on the episode for me just because I was expecting it to end badly and then I was actually really relieved when she didn't (laughs) it's like yeah okay so it's not gonna be that depressing of an episode yeah no just one rando died (laughs) yeah I'm yeah the one rando that that we're not like necessarily meant to or made to like anyway or yeah we're not invested in that guy yeah exactly they don't try to like establish any rapport between the viewer and that guy no and I'm pretty sure we don't ever see her again, but I was relieved that she didn't die, especially after <laughs> last episode. I'm like, well, yeah, just kill them yeah. all off at this point. Whatever. Nothing, nothing matters. Everything is the worst. But yeah. yeah. So overall, I did enjoy the episode. I thought it had a lot of enjoyable parts. Yay. Yeah. I liked that it wasn't super high stakes. I mean, yeah, they were in danger, but we're not talking about like the fate of an entire planet or years yeah. worth of timeline or anything like that that was at stake here. Just... Just a couple of people that you knew were going to be fine in the end. Also, there was no Daniel. <gasps> Look, I've been okay with Daniel the last, yeah. like, this season he's been okay. Yeah, Daniel kind of has his ups and downs. And right now he's pretty good from what I remember. <laughs> I will be on a downward slope with my liking of Daniel as we progress <laughs> from here on out. But we'll get into that in future episodes, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of future episodes, yeah. What's next? Next, we are going to watch Stargate SG One season four, episode twenty, Entity. 
Netflix says, Stargate Command is infected by a probe that uploads its program into the computers, where it accesses data on the Stargate program and its personnel. Yeah. The booklet says, When SG-1 sends a probe through the Stargate, a powerful electric impulse comes back through the wormhole and hides inside SGC's computers. But when this electronic entity suddenly jumps inside Carter's mind, SG-1 must choose between saving SGC and saving Carter's life. (gasps) I wonder who they'll choose! I don't remember anything about this episode, but I'll send a charged probe through your Stargate. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. know. This is the episode where we lose Sam altogether. She just becomes a probe. I don't know. But yeah, I got nothing either. Anyway. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> as always, thanks for listening. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe so that you can get our episodes as soon as they come out every Wednesday. Likes, reviews, and word of mouth are all really great at helping other people find the show. So they are very much appreciated. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can contact us through our website, which is stargatesing.space. You can email us at stargatesing at gmail.com. And if you're feeling generous, we super appreciate anything that you can contribute to help this show go. Continue going. (laughs) We make it go. (laughs) Switching into pack-led mode here. We heart Patreon. It make it go. (laughs) And it B podcast. <laughs> anyway, Patreon donors, we love you. We appreciate your help. And if you'd like to become a Patreon, you can find us at patreon.com slash Stargate. Our lowest tier is $2. I'm Mary. <laughs> I'm Kathy. And you've been listening to Stargate sing the end. The end! <laughs> Jordy Bear also says the end. <laughs> Although that was kind of hagfishy. Anyway. The end. Uh, <laughs> the you end. know who I haven't brought on here in a while is my Tribble. My Tribble also says oh. the, the end. There we go. <laughs> Aww. This episode is ridiculous. It is. And I don't mean of the show. I no. do mean of the podcast. <laughs> I forgot how long that Tribble goes on. It does. It's It's got a lot to say. It really does. <laughs> Apparently like us today. Yes. <laughs> oh, I As... did send you another Geordie Bear picture, by the way. Geordie Bear. Geordie Bear. Geordie Bear. Does whatever a Geordie Bear does. <laughs> Amazing. All right. That's also going on social media. He's very close <laughs> to the pop filter, but that's because I was behind him. So I love it. Yeah, it's totally going online.